Hey, good evening, guys. Welcome to the Christopher Anastasio podcast. This is episode 48. It is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. We're a week out from Thanksgiving Eve. Amazing to think about that and reflect on that for a minute after all that's transpired this year. Um, Really pretty incredible uh, that we're at that point in the year, deep into the holiday season. So anyway, guys, uh, recording this podcast from my vehicle. Um, it's just, you know, the schedule has been so brutalized, uh, that I have no option anymore. I I have to record on off moments. And so production value may, (laughs) may take another dip. It may not be quite the same as those first 10 or 20 episodes, uh, with chirping birds and, and sanitation trucks driving by, but, um, it may sound a little different from what you guys were used to between episodes 20 and 47, something like that. Anyway, um, but yeah, just, just absolutely snowed under, um, with a lot of balls in the air. Uh, so just got to get these in when I can get them in. Uh, what I'm going to use this episode for guys is because of the infrequency of the recent recordings and so forth, and just things getting stretched out a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to kind of round Robin through a lot of different things that are still up in the air or, or out for adjudication or whatever you want to call it, you know, project statuses that I've kind of touched on with you guys before. Um, I did want to start off with kind of a macro morbid, uh, comment, uh, that, that, that carries on the thread of some of the recent episodes about the stock market and the economy and the pandemic and so on and so forth. And I tweeted this out, um, a day or two ago. And I think I sent it out from my personal account, the CJ Anastasio. I may also have sent it out under wealth for real, uh, that account. Um, and in fact, I think I, tweeted it on the personal side and then uh, posted it in my Instagram stories on Wealth For Real on that account. But it was it was a tweet where CBS News had showed um, some photographs of extremely lengthy uh, uh, food, basically food bank lines just stretching out as far as you could see. Uh, people who in the Dallas region, Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, I assume, uh, had lined up for basically, you know, free food because of, you know, how hard they've been hit during this pandemic. And I saw a, a retweet of that picture where the person basically said, you know, compare this to the new stock market highs or something to that effect. So once again, guys, just a jarring juxtaposition of a soaring stock market, but an economy under extreme pressure. And probably only going to get worse as we head into wintertime and the Biden administration faces the very difficult decision of either continuing the Trump policy of letting the virus run rampant or locking things down and crippling the economy. I mean, it's basically uh, a Hobbesian choice, if I have that phrase correctly. I might have butchered that one. But anyway, no good answer there. And I think uh, new administration will be faced with that. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you guys, if we, if we lock down again, you know, hold on tight to your, uh, to your 401k and your IRA, because maybe not literally, maybe you shouldn't hold on to it, but, but, but the bottom line is you're in for a wild ride again. I could just imagine what, uh, maybe early 2021, uh, you know, first three, four months of that, of that year will be like if we go into another sort of national lockdown posture. But anyway, guys, just, you know, like I said, I want to keep this fairly succinct, and just run through a bunch of stuff going on, you know, top of mind for me right now, 
uh, just working my way through the, uh, the three training courses that I'm currently involved in, sort of everywhere from the very, very macro all the way down to the very tactical. Uh, you know, the consulting.com training with Sam Ovens continues. Just finished up the third week of that training course. There's four more weeks to go. Uh, truly incredible transformative training program if you want to start a consulting-based business. Um, you know, it is expensive. I, I'm kind of lucky I didn't have to pay for it because I kind of linked up with uh, this, this gentleman I've referred to before who, who asked me for, you know, some assistance and advice on his marketing. And so he made this training available to me. It is just absolutely incredible. Uh, I think I've mentioned before, I've posted before that the mindset training, just the week two mindset training was probably worth the cost of the entire training course. Uh, because it, it gets to the heart of the issue. It gets to the fact that most people who want to start a business are just programmed to fail because they bring in all kinds of biases and baggage that they've developed over their lifetime that stands in their way. It just, you, you can't get over it. You can't get past it. The only way to be successful in business is to dump all of that and essentially reinvent yourself. And the people who can do that and stick to that are the ones who are going to be successful. So I think, you know, consulting.com, incredible training course there, uh, completed the first of five uh, courses or modules, whatever you want to call them, for Facebook Coursera, uh, the social media management course. Uh, really excited to get those two badges when the, uh, when the other four courses are complete. Uh, so that's kind of the, the introduction to social media management, and it kind of goes into depth from there. And then lastly, um, the uh, training course that I'm taking from the um, the gentleman, Mike Sherrard, who is a, um, basically a realtor in Calgary, uh, in Canada, uh, but, but has very significant reach into North America in general. So the United States is a big area for him influence wise, uh, but really delves into using social media for real estate agents, very specific tactical level stuff. Um, super fascinating, you know, how to use Facebook ads, what kinds of Facebook ads to run, what kinds of Instagram posts to put up, how to use stories, how to use IGTV, how to deploy YouTube uh, content and things like that. So just kind of churning my way through those. Those are all 3 and 4 a.m. activities that have just captivated me. I mean, I know it sounds odd, guys, but that's where I can, I can get those things done with the level of clarity that I need to actually absorb the information, take notes, that kind of thing. So really pushing very hard on those three fronts and, and continuing along those, uh, those, those, those three vectors. Uh, another really big one that I've talked to you guys about quite a bit <clears throat> on, the, on the podcast, posted a lot about it lately, is the Shopify stores. So I think a couple episodes ago, or maybe the last episode, I went into some depth about the Shopify store that I purchased from the Fiverr seller in Indonesia, uh, Onyx Home Comfort. Uh, and that's onyxhomecomfort, all one word, dot com. You can take a look at the website. Incredible craftsmanship uh, by that Shopify developer, uh, you know, who, who created that for me. Um, but anyway, been running Facebook ads to the store since November 6th. Uh, I'm up to five orders now. I think the last time I talked to you guys, I was at one. And then this past weekend, I picked up a couple orders. And then today, uh, first thing in the morning, got a repeat order. So somebody who had ordered before came back, bought a different item. And then a couple hours later, another order came in from an abandoned cart recovery. So, of course, you know, Shopify automates that process where if somebody uh, fills their cart and goes to check out, but they don't finish, they get an automated email about 10 hours later saying, hey, you didn't finish your uh, you know, your checkout, come back. You can even put a discount code in there to try to entice them back. I believe I did that. 
Of course, I should remember whether I did that or not, but I think I put a 10% discount code in there uh, to sort of entice the person back. And I believe that's how I recovered that cart. So that became the fifth order uh, from this morning. So, you know, on the, on the one hand, guys, momentum has picked up a little bit since I last uh, podcasted this with you guys, uh, four orders since then. Uh, but the, the metrics still are not pretty, okay? I still only have somewhere between a 0.3 and a 0.4% conversion rate that really should be three, you know, two or three times as much, okay? So the five orders that I have really should be like 15, you know, to be totally frank with you guys. I mean, that's, that's really what that number should be at this point from all the traffic that's flowed into the store. Um, so again, some good news there. The ads are bringing people in. People are filling carts. I mean, there's a lot of people who have uh, put something in their cart. Not everybody's necessarily gone to checkout, but you know, just a ton of just a ton of people um, have have you know at least added something to their cart, like just put something in the cart. And then a subset of those individuals have actually proceeded through the checkout process, and then only a few of those have actually bought. So. You know, we're troubleshooting that. I mean, the ad agency, myself, the VA, we're all kind of putting our heads together on that. Um, You know, I really think that there could be something going on with the shipping times. But then again, uh, when I spoke to the ad agency about this yesterday, they contend that in my checkout workflow, there is no indication of how long the checking, uh, the the, the checkout, um, or excuse me, the shipping time is going to be. There's actually no... Uh, no indicator of how long it's going to take. The person just chooses a shipping option and a cost. And then, you know, they, they get the item when they get it kind of thing. So that alone seems like a problem because that could really surprise people uh, if they get the item after a very lengthy period of time. Obviously, it can really uh, lead to very uh, uh, dissatisfied uh, customer base. But, but in the immediate sense, it, it doesn't explain the abandoned cart. You know, if, if somebody is seeing like, oh, if I check out this item, I'm not going to get it for six weeks. Yeah, that's going to cause cart abandonment. I mean, no question about it. You know, that, that, would, that would be the whole answer right there if, if, if it did show that number. But the uh, ad agency that I'm working with said that they ran a test and they don't see the shipping time. So kind of sends us back to the drawing board. I need to go and do a uh, practice order myself, uh, which I really should have done weeks ago. I mean, that's a big, that's a big deficiency in, uh, in the way that I've uh, you know, set up and, and launched this store. You should always do that first. You should do a test order. You should see how it feels for the customer. You should see what happens when you get the product, the whole thing. Uh, but of course, I'm impatient and antsy, and I just wanted to get this thing going. So, but I need to go back and catch that up and see for myself. Um, <clears throat> now, that's the first store. Okay, that's kind of where things stand right now. The current Facebook ad campaign, the traffic campaign, which is one of the cheapest campaigns you can run when you're first kind of feeling out you know, you're feeling things out a little bit. You're trying to see like, okay, what kind of traffic am I getting? You know, is it, is it, um, you know, is it, the, is it the right kind of traffic? Is it the right kind of people I'm targeting? That's a good campaign to start with uh, for an e-commerce dropshipping store like this. You just want to send in, you know, you know, semi-targeted traffic, see if you get it right, see who's, see who's staying, see who's leaving, and then retarget after that in a second campaign you know, generally speaking. So this first campaign is going to run through uh, November 29th. That is basically the end of uh, the uh, the holiday weekend. Now, it just occurred to me when I said that, that that campaign does not include Cyber Monday. And that's a big problem. I mean, I just kind of thought about that. 
you know, live here thinking, <laughs> thinking through this with you guys. Um, you know, Cyber Monday is, is, you know, potentially the biggest day that I'm, that I'm going to possibly have uh, for the store. So uh, I really need to kind of adjudicate that uh, with the ad agency and see what they have planned for Cyber Monday and then just kind of go from there. Um, so anyway, so that might be the kickoff of the targeted campaign. That may be the, 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 the timing that they've chosen to run ads for the targeted campaign would be starting on Monday, November 30th, but I've got to verify that with them. Um, and then, and then, and then whenever they start it, the next campaign, like I said, guys, is going to be, um, is going to be a retargeting campaign, uh, that, that tries to drill down on the traffic a little bit and zero in on the right kind of buyer and, and so on and so forth. So, so that's the first Shopify store. Now, I just wrapped up the order on the second store. It came in over the weekend. I finalized it on Monday. Uh, and this is the store that has baby care products, kind of a little bit closer to home for me, uh, you know, being a fairly new father and everything. Um, uh, you know, kind of, you know, the store pseudo-inspired by my son, just some of the design elements and stuff that I shared with the, uh, with the seller, the Fiverr seller. So that store, we have a little bit of work to do to get it going. Uh, some of the product descriptions, they need to be smoothed out. Things need to kind of be cleaned up somewhat. Um, you know, we need to, to take a hard look at, you know, getting the social media set up, the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the Pinterest account, the whole nine yards. But really, that thing needs to be up and going before Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So, so there's a little bit of a crunch there. I've really brought the VA in on this and said, hey, man, you got you to gotta carry the water here for me. You got to help me you know, get some of these things done and cleaned up. So I've really kind of engaged him heavily on these Shopify sort of setup and launch tasks and so forth. Uh, so that's a big one going right now, guys. I mean, obviously I have only so much time to work on this stuff. So there's a ton of outsourcing going on here. Uh, like I said, VA is heavily involved. The ad agency's handling all of the uh, Facebook, Instagram, social media posting and ad running. Uh, so that really helps me a lot. I'm more in the strategy zone, you know, kind of directing traffic a little bit here. And then I'll jump in and do some work where, where I can or where I need to. Uh, but anyway, so that's the Shopify stuff, guys. And that's where I'm going to kind of stop for now on the stores. I'm not going with any more than two stores until I can get these things kind of figured out. Of course, the first store is being run through the ad agency in Thailand. The second one is going to be uh, run through the ad scale application that runs on the Shopify store. And I'm going to take a really hard look at how that performs and contrast the two performances. Now, you know, I may have joked before, maybe I didn't, um, that, you know, on some level, if the ad scale is cheaper than the ad agency, well, why do I need the ad agency? But I do need the ad agency because I see so many other functions for them to perform that are not related to Shopify uh, dropshipping. And quite frankly, ad scale is only for Shopify dropshipping. I mean, you're not going to use ad scale from what I've seen um, for anything else. I mean, you're not going to use it for real estate ads. You're not going to use it for realtors. You're not going to use it for, you know, for, for promoting your own personal services. I mean, I, I really need to work and grow with this ad agency in Thailand. The question is which projects kind of flow through them is, is really the, uh, the variable. Uh, so anyway, guys, the other thing I just want to update you on real quick, uh, that I probably, you may have thought I forgot about, uh, <laughs> I almost did forget about it, but I really don't want to let it go is the affiliate marketing, uh, um, you know, programs that, uh, that I want to promote. Um, I think what I'm going to do is, 
you know, I think I last told you guys the issue there was um, I wanted to promote these two landing pages that had different affiliate products associated with them, and I wanted to run Facebook, I mean, uh, excuse me, not Facebook, Google ads to each one of them. Uh, But then my VA uncovered some information about how Google really doesn't like single-page landing pages for its ads because it feels like there's no value there. They feel like it's just a hop. You know, you're trying to hop somebody off the page and onto another page where they hit the affiliate product. And so they discourage or even ban those kind of ads if they they snag them. So I kind of was hand-wringing this a little bit, like, should I even bother? Should I even run the ads? Should I even waste the money? And at this point, I feel like, you know, in the spirit of running these experiments and learning, I have to learn if I can run these types of Google ads. And the only way to know for certain is to run the ads. And if they get banned or they get shut down or whatever, so be it. I think the strategy there that I'm going to use is rather than using any of my existing substantive email accounts, you know, each, each Gmail account that you have, you basically have uh, a Google ad account, you have everything. You have a YouTube channel, you have Google Sheets, you got Google Drive. I mean, it all comes with every Gmail account. So instead of using one of my common Gmail accounts and then getting banned and losing everything potentially, I mean, I, I don't know what the punishment would be, but I could just imagine. Um, I'm just going to start a new email address. You know, I'm just going to start a throwaway, you know, affiliate marketing focused email address and then run the ads through that ad account and see what happens. And if it works, great. I compartmentalize things cleanly because it's a whole affiliate marketing Gmail account. Uh, but if it doesn't work, boom, I lose an account that I didn't care about. So, But I've got to check this out. And then if, if this doesn't work, then the next thing to try is the Facebook ads. You know, And see what happens when we run these affiliate pages through, through Facebook ads. I imagine it could be the same problem. I mean, Facebook probably doesn't like single-page landing pages either. But I've just got to kind of check these boxes and work my way through it and see what happens. So, um, so, so my task this week is to set up that dummy Gmail account and then hand this thing off to the, to the VA uh, to go into the ad account. He, I believe he's done this before with other clients that he's had where he's set up and run their, their uh, Google ads. So I will go ahead and outsource this to him. He will get this all set up and we'll see what happens. We'll just run it and, and, and see where it goes. And I'll let you guys know how, how that kind of shakes out. So anyway, guys, um, that's really kind of a once over. It doesn't really scratch the surface of everything of everything I'm doing, but those are really those are some of the really big primary focal points, um, you know, that I kind of do in the off hours uh, to to try to generate some of this activity, some of this revenue. Uh, it's really coming from you know, working on the the, uh, the marketing agency and kind of getting trained up in these three training programs I mentioned, trying to run uh, products through the Shopify stores, make some revenue there, and then the affiliate uh, programs, try and see what revenue can be generated over on that side. Um, but yeah, tons of stuff going on, guys. I mean, and you know, the scary thing for me is, and, and you guys will experience this with me when we get into the early part of 2021, is, I mean, we're not even in tax season right now. So I'm just getting absolutely slaughtered from all sides. And I mean, I'm not even really doing any taxes. I mean, my personal taxes wrapped up in mid-October, corporate taxes wrapped up in mid-September, real estate taxes are wrapped up in the summertime. So that whole machine kind of comes back online uh, in the very beginning of the year, in January 2021. And I get ramped up on all that stuff all over again. Uh, and it's just absolutely brutal. So, uh, but this did make me think of one more update for you guys you may be wondering about. 
you go back several episodes, I think early 40s, uh, you'll see I talked about a new entity structure called the Triple Threat Limited Partnership. Um, I, you know, and, and I believe I updated you guys that I spoke to uh, the, the lawyer, the CPA, who actually sets up that kind of structure. We did a big Q&A, uh, first on email, then on phone, and then a follow-up email that he recently responded to. Uh, and to be honest with you guys, right now, um, I, you know, I'd like to do it as soon as possible. I'd kind of like it to be set up for 1 January to go into the new year cleanly. But the challenge is it's not inexpensive, okay? It is several thousand dollars to get this thing set up and going. And to be honest with you guys, I mean, obviously, there's a monetary commitment I've made to the ad agency to, the, to run the Shopify stores. So I really don't, I don't like the calculation on all those expenditures right now. Uh, that's kind of discouraging me a little bit. Uh, but in the end, you know, you, you know, you can't, you can't look at these things as purely expense based. I mean, th- these things often have larger ramifications that save you or even make you all kinds of money down the road. So that's not the only reason, guys. If it was just the money, I, I probably would have done this already. But I think the other issue for me is I just I'm very new to some of these other corporate entities. Like I'm very familiar with LLCs, pretty familiar with the S corps uh, situation because I've run uh, one of those now for a while, and have, you know the second one that I set up on the back end of that first one. So I've, I've, I've had experience with LLCs and S-Corps. I really haven't had any experience with C-Corporations. I really haven't had any experience with limited partnerships. So I'm really trying to do some self-education there and really try to uncover what is the drawback here. I mean, you know, a lot of what the gentleman in Texas who, who does this uh, kind of structure, uh, a lot of the information he put out, it's very positive towards the setup. And I believe it should be. I believe it, it is positive. Okay, I mean, there's so many advantages to setting things up the way he he recommends. Uh, So I do not disbelieve him. But the issue is, of course, if it's his idea, you know, he wants you to he wants you to buy it from him. So so it's not as likely that he's going to dive as deep into the drawback. So I think the due diligence part of this is for me to really study why is it going to be bad for me to give up the S Corp status and take on a C corporation, take on a limited partnership. Uh, those sorts of things. I do believe in the end that the net effect is going to be a positive one. And this is something I'm going to move forward on. I think there's a timing issue. There's a due diligence issue. And secondarily, you know, there's a little bit of a cost issue that I just need a little bit more time to, to, to fully get comfortable with. But all that being said, guys, I uh, didn't want you to think I forgot about that. Obviously, when I do take the next major step forward, uh, I will update you guys here. It is so important, if you are in business for yourself or you're thinking about it, that you get your entity structure set up correctly. It can mean scores of dollars saved in taxes. It can mean all kinds of liability protection issues that get covered down on or not, You know, depending on what you do or don't do. Um, and it can mean all kinds of lifestyle benefits in terms of what suddenly you know, your business can pay for or what you still have to pay for out of pocket. Okay. So there's just all kinds of different, you know, I think those are the three major areas you're looking at when you make entity structure decisions, what's going to happen to my taxes, what's going to happen to my liability and what's going to happen to my lifestyle in terms of what I can deduct and what I can run through the company versus my own personal wallet. Okay, guys. So Anyway, let's wrap it up there. I think that's more than enough information uh, on where things stand with some of the things I'm working on. Uh, of course, if you guys have any questions about anything, any of the things I talk about here, other episodes, you know, drop me a line on Twitter at CJ Anastasio. Um, uh, you can write me on the Facebook page at Christopher Anastasio LLC, all one word. Um, and the really interesting thing, guys, I'll close with this. You know, Twitter finally rolled out 
its version of stories, which I think very, very cleverly they've named fleets. I can just imagine who came up with that uh, to come from the word fleeting, uh, because you know, as as it is with Instagram stories, uh, you know, Twitter stories disappear after 24 hours. So very interesting rollout yesterday, kind of random. You know, I started the day on Twitter and then just happened to open the application like later in the day, and I mean, I don't even think I updated the app. I just opened the app later in the day, and boom, there were stories at the top. You know, all these fleets. Uh, had come in uh, that people were experimenting with. So really interesting stuff, guys. I mean, I wonder if it's going to have legs simply because the content on Twitter is already somewhat ephemeral by nature. I mean, I mean, if you look at your Twitter timeline, I mean, if you're looking for a certain person's tweets, I mean, you may never even see them, you know, much less not see them for very long. Okay, I mean, because there's so many tweets coming out constantly, it's so easy to get flooded um, <clears throat> that the idea of having tweets that, or, you know, fleets that disappear in 24 hours, I mean, you know, my tweets disappear in 24 hours. I can't even keep up with those. So I don't know that, I don't know that that format really changes anything for Twitter or gives the user any extra functionality. Um, much like, you know, on Instagram, it makes a lot of sense because when you post a picture in your Instagram feed, it's curated in there forever. I mean, obviously you can go delete it, but when somebody pulls up your Instagram account and they see that whole grid of pictures, if you have a bad one in there, I mean, it stands out, you know, it's very easy to see it. And so you have to be very careful if you're paying attention to Instagram aesthetic to post things that make sense, you know, color wise, content wise, flow wise, you know, in their, their relationship to other pictures in the grid, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of things to think about. So stories on IG alleviated that angst because you could be like, ah, screw it. Let me just throw a story together. Be gone in 24 hours. You know, you could just go in there and text stuff out. You know, you don't even have to put pictures in there. So it made sense. With tweets, I don't know if it makes sense to have, you know, tweets that disappear after 24 hours. I mean, like I said, your Twitter feed disappears after 24 hours, and it's just a deluge of of tweets coming through there uh, that push your uh, your previous uh, uh, tweets from your timeline further and further down in very rapid fashion. Um, and it's just the nature of it. It's because Twitter is so off the cuff. It's 280 characters. You're not agonizing over pictures and aesthetics and lighting and all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, if you're agonizing over a picture to post on Twitter, just go post it on Instagram. You know what I mean? So it, I'm, I'm just not sure the fleets are going to catch on, but it's, it's kind of cool to see it just to, you know, just to see what happens with it. Uh, so anyway, guys, if I end up using that to any advantage or if I'm posting content exclusively on there, I would alert you guys that you can go check out my fleets. Uh, on my Twitter account. But for now, if you're on Twitter with me, you're probably going to see me tweeting like normal and maybe just playing around with the fleets along the way. Uh, It may be a situation where I double up the content. You know, if I tweet it, I'll also fleet it. Uh, (laughs) Because because if that's where people are paying attention, if that's where the new engagement is, then you got to put the content on there. Even if it doesn't make sense, if that's where the eyeballs are, you know, Gary Vee has taught us, that's where you got to go. You got to, you got to put content up there. So it may just be a double posting kind of situation for me uh, for the time being. So anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to try and get at least one more episode in this week, episode 49, hopefully, uh, you know, in the next couple days uh, so I can get back to at least two of these a week. Got to do it from the car. I'll just do it from the car. Uh, You know, you do what you got to do. So anyway, guys, I hope everybody's having a great week, midweek, push through to the weekend kind of thing. Everybody, you know, hopefully staying safe, sane, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, yeah, check back on episode 49 later this week, guys. Drop me a line on Twitter at CJ Anastasio. Drop me a line on Facebook at Christopher Anastasio LLC. Hope everybody has a great day, and thanks so much for listening, guys. All right, bye-bye.